everybody. Come on back, everybody. How to pick the right church, how to pick the right church, and we're going to get this done, all right? Uh, I was just giving you Matthew 16 and 18, and the Bible says that Jesus is building his church, okay? Jesus is building his church. Matthew 16 and 18, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, the church is built by Jesus. You've got to believe that right now. You've got to believe it right now. The church is built by Jesus. Uh, Jesus is building one church. That's why we pray in his name. We baptize in the name of Jesus. Everything we do, we do it in the name of Jesus. He runs the church. He's in charge of the church. He's the boss of the pastors. He's the boss of the prophets. He's the boss of the apostles. It's all about Jesus and the way he wants to do it. And we've got to confess tonight that there's only one church, and that's the church that's run by Jesus. As far as there's only one real church. Now, everybody knows there are fake churches. Let's don't act like there's not fake churches. We all know there's churches out there that say church on the sign, but it, it's nothing like the church that Jesus built. We've got to make sure that we agree on that first and foremost. If we can't agree on that, then we're not reading the same Bible. The Bible is where the church come from, not from a man's imagination, okay? The true church preaches and teaches what Jesus taught, what Jesus is and what Jesus taught. If you're not hearing that, if that's not what you're getting, then you're not in the real church. So we've got to make sure that the church is defined by the word of God, by Jesus. The church in the Greek means ecclesia, which means the called out ones. It's a place where people are coming out like, uh, like out of darkness, like out of depression, like out of bondage. The church is people who are coming out. So if you're in and you go to a place where you don't have to come out, then you're not in the church. If you go to a church where no one's ever coming out of darkness into light, then it's not a church. I mean, the church is literally called out once. If the preachers are never, if the pastors are never calling you out of something, then you're not in a real church. This is just the real true definition of the, in the Bible. Like, I don't know why we have to keep trusting cool preachers on the internet about it. We've got to quit being so deceived and get back to the word of God. We're going to be judged by the word of God. And the word of God says that the church, the definition of that word, ecclesia in the Greek, is called out. Called out. You've got to come out of your sin. You've got to come out of your unrighteousness. You've got to come out. If we're going to be the church, we've got to have this in our vocabulary. We come out. We come out. We come out of this. We come out of that. We come out of dark. We come in. We come in. Into light. Uh, into grace. Uh, in. So it's, it's a transform. It's a transition. That's the real church. Don't let anybody lie to you. I'm telling you for real tonight. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. Look it up yourself. It means to come out. It means to come out of that life and into a new life, completely different, completely changed. If you're acting like the world, living like the world, if your church is just like worldly people, but they change their language and they change the way they say stuff, they look just like the world, they live just like the world, except they use the word love a whole lot, uh, you know, then you're not really the church. A church means called out. So, so are you in the real church? Does your pastor, does he talk about coming out? Does he talk about coming out of darkness into the light, okay? Uh, the second point I want to make is the church was taught by the apostles. 
This is why some people use the label apostolic, which is a fancy word for um, apostle, okay, apostles. So the apostles' teachings, we who agree and submit to the apostles' teaching, we've coined this phrase, this label that is not biblical, uh, not really, but it is, that we are apostolic people. And so uh, I want to make sure you understand when you hear the word apostolic or I go to a, uh, an apostolic church or a Pentecostal church, it, it really means that we're trying to model ourselves off of the original first teachings of the church. Is that so bad? Is that really a bad thing? Are you really scared of that? Like, I don't know if I want to go to a church that, that recognizes what happened on the day of Pentecost. Why? I mean, that, that's the power of God. That's the joy of the Spirit. That's when the church began. Why would you not want to go to a church that references things like Pentecost, where the Spirit was first poured out, where the church church's birthday? Shouldn't that want make you want to go to that kind of a church? Why would you not want to go to a church that says things like, we're the apostolic church, which means we are led and taught by the same men that Jesus put in charge of the church. Why does that worry you? Like, why would you want to follow John the Baptist but not the Apostle Paul? Like, I don't understand why you would not want to have the fullness of the doctrine because the Apostle Paul believed everything John the Baptist believed, but then he even went on and preached the rest of the salvation message and the way that we are to live with Jesus. So, so don't be shocked when you hear people talk about, uh, I'm a, I go to an apostolic church, okay? Now, men of God who were led of the Spirit, uh, they were God-inspired, they taught the first church, and they still do. Uh, the question that comes up is, how do we know that they wrote things correctly? How do we know that men didn't make a mistake whenever they wrote the Scriptures? How do we know that they did it all right? Uh, the same way you, you test anything that is theoretical at first, you have to go and test the theory. You don't know anything in the Bible is right until you test it. Nothing. And so you, you can't be like, well, it's just a book written by men. That is your theory about the Bible. And until you test it, you don't even know that it's real or it's not real. So before you start to say that, that you know, why are we trusting in men who wrote the Bible? Then you can't trust anything in the Bible because it was all written by men. Everything in scripture was written by men that God trusted. And God still trusts men today to teach and interpret and study the word of God and pass it along to the members of the church. Remember, Jesus built it. It's his way or no way. You can't have it your way. Jesus built it and he put the apostles in charge. He put these men of God in charge. If you're upset about it, don't like it, it's, it's the fact that you really don't like what Jesus is building. And, and that says a lot right there, okay? If Jesus trusted the apostles, then guess what? So am I. So is Pastor Green, and I hope to God that so will you. If Jesus trusted the apostles to literally write letters to the first church, then those letters were good for them, they're good for me. And so I wanna follow the teachings and def be defined by the scriptures and not by what I think is cool, my friends think are cool, or what, what group I belong to. I wanna make sure everything I'm doing as a pastor, as a church, is in alignment with the scriptures. That is the point, that's the reference point for which everything is built on, is built on Jesus, built on the word of God. So the church is defined by the scripture. Church is a biblical word, and I have a question for everyone out there tonight watching this devotion. How can you use the same brand 
and sell a different product that the brand doesn't sell. You can't be like, I am the church and not use the Bible as a reference point to define yourself. You can't say on the internet or on YouTube or on your church sign that you're a church and not follow the word of God. It, it, it's, it's amazing how many people go to a church that's nothing like the Bible because anyone can start a church these days. How can you, how can you believe in church and not believe in the Bible? When the Bible told us about the church in the first place. Wow, let's just, someone take a drink of coffee right there, a sip of tea, turn the fire on because it's getting hot in here right now. Can, how do you believe in church? How are you gonna be like, I, I go to church, I'm all about church, I'm all about my pastor. And I'm like, but why are you not all about the Bible? I mean, you wouldn't even have a pastor if it wasn't for the Bible. You wouldn't even go to church if it wasn't for the Bible. But yet you skip over majority of scriptures because you're like, if my church don't teach it, then I don't believe it. Your church is supposed to use the Bible to teach everything it teaches. So I, I just, this is all important tonight, okay? In the church, in the first church, in the Bible, right? We're back to the Bible. They believed in repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They believed that. They knew that they had the Holy Ghost because they spoke in a language that, that, that only the Holy Ghost could empower them to speak. This is Bible. This isn't what makes sense. It's not what you think. It's not your culture. It's not what your pastor thinks. It's what happened in the first church, and we've got to be like that church. They had unity in the first church. They had love for each other in the first church. They witnessed miracles in the first church. If you don't have that, then you're not really in the right church. They would actually correct wrongs in the first church. The original church that Jesus built has people literally being corrected for what they're doing wrong. Literally, this is not something that is man-made. It's not legalistic. It's not me being some Pharisee. This is me being biblical. This is me actually following the scriptures, okay? So there were wrongs corrected in the first church. Study the Bible and you'll find it out. If you go to a church where people are never corrected, never called out, sins never dealt with, then it's not the real church, okay? Um, they believe you had to live holy in the first church. You have to live holy. If your church does not teach holiness, then your church is not a real church. I, this is not me throwing stones at anybody. I'm gonna explain in a minute why I'm doing this tonight, but let me just make sure we're on the same page right now. That, that You have to live holy. I didn't make this up. It's in the same Bible that said that we're supposed to love our neighbors and, and, and kiss babies and give to the poor, all the cool stuff, right? And shout to God with a voice of triumph. It's the same Bible says that we're supposed to live holy and without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. It's the Bible, okay? Uh, they, they believed in the first church that women were women and men were men in every single way. Why are you scared to say that? Why are you scared to believe that? This is the word of God. I, I can't make up my own doctrine. I can't say what I want to say. I, I can't turn this into a business where I just say whatever's cool to make money and get followers. It's not my church. It's his church, okay? So I've got to make sure I'm doing it his way. They believed in the fruit of the Spirit, and they believed in the gifts of the Spirit. If your church doesn't believe in those things, if you don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, then you don't believe in the Word of God, you don't believe that that in the real church, you don't. Some say things like this, well, it doesn't matter what kind of church that I go to because all churches lead the same way. As long as it talks about Jesus, 
then it doesn't matter what kind of church I go to. Uh, first of all, no, that is not true. No, those in the first church actually literally warned that people would be, are you ready for this? False, false teachers. That word false literally means not true. It means they teach, but it's false. It looks like everybody else, except when you hear them, it doesn't sound like the word of God. Uh, there's even a reference where people have itching ears and, and the, the teachers were warned against the teachers who just want to preach or teach to you to scratch your ear, to make you feel good, to make you go, oh, wow, I love that guy. The problem is you love the preacher, you love the church that you're attending more than you love Jesus. You love the church you're going to because of whatever perks or friends or things you get out of it more than you love the word of God. Your ears are scratched every single service, but your heart is not right. You're not getting the truth that you need to be saved. And so I wanna make sure you understand that in the first church, they literally would warn people, be careful of false teachers, be careful of false prophets, be careful of a guy down the road who talks about things that aren't true. This is a real thing. Even more today, as unrighteousness is waxing worse and worse, sin is worse and worse, and people are smoother than ever, and people just love being popped there. They love hearing themselves talk. You've got to be so careful to make sure that you're not caught up in a false teaching. Do not put your head in the sand and say, no, not in my church. I welcome every member of our church at Austin First Church to ask whether or not we're in the word of God. I welcome you to challenge it. I welcome you to text me after the video and say, but why don't we do it this way? That doesn't scare me. In fact, that grows me. That makes me want to be more right with God. That's the kind of pastor I'm called to be. It's not my church. If you find in the scripture that there's evidence of things that are biblical that we don't do, then let's start praying about it and find a way to apply it to our, our lives, okay? So scriptures are, are there about false teachers. And if there's a real, there's a fake. Y'all know that. If there's a real, there's a fake. There's always a copy. There's always someone trying to do it for their own gain. This is not something that's strange. Uh, there's always people that try to take the real thing and profit off of it for their own gain. You just got to make sure you're not caught up in it. You've got to make sure that you're not being deceived or tricked by someone who's a great orator or a leader or someone who's very charismatic in their personality, okay? Uh, look, if there's a fake, then somebody out there is false. Every church can't be real. Can we just settle that right now? Every church can't be right. Okay, we just gotta all agree right now. If there's a fake preacher, if there's a fake church, if there's a church that's not right, then can we just all just take a second and confess that somebody's wrong? Look, that's the first step right now. Somebody's wrong. Somebody's wrong and we gotta make sure it's not us. We're gonna be okay, y'all. We just gotta make sure it's not us. But someone's wrong. Someone is not doing this the right way. The scriptures, once again, make it clear, all right? Um, so somebody said this, well, what if you, Pastor Green, are the fake? Wow, you, you got, no, for real, that's a good question. I actually brought it up because I'm not trying to hide tonight. Um, that's a great question. I'm with you on that. I would ask the same question to me if I were you. What if I'm the fake? What if I'm sitting here right now trying to fake? How would you know I'm the fake? Exactly. We've got to study and pray and be very careful to make sure that we're not caught up in the fake. I've got to study and be careful. I've got to have submission to authority to make sure I'm not trying to be that guy because we all have the capacity to do it. 
I'm not worried about that question. That question only worries those who are truly fake. If you are an honest, truth-loving person, then you're not afraid of being asked the tough questions. And so you're exactly right. What if I am? I ask that question to make sure that I'm not. I check my spirit. I make sure and study the word of God. And I look in the mirror and I go, am I that guy? That's how you make sure you're not that guy. You're open. You're not afraid to have people question you. That's healthy. We need that, okay? Uh, the difference in the real and the fake is an openness to revelation and to correction. That's, that's how you know, okay? Uh, if I am open to correction, then that's a safety net to make sure that I am not going down a road of deceit for personal gain. And so you've got to be open. Anybody who's closed off and talks like this, oh, you, I already know everything. You can't tell me anything I don't already know. That's a dangerous spirit right there because that's putting you in charge. That's saying that Jesus has nothing he can show you anymore. Paul even said that I haven't arrived. Paul said, I'm striving. I'm not arriving. I'm striving. And so we're still striving. Even the apostle Paul was still striving to get things correct. Now, listen to this. The real church will never go against God's word. Never. If you showed me a biblical truth that I did not believe, I would change my ways. I hope you're hearing me tonight. If you are out there, you're Baptist or whatever you are, and you don't believe in what I believe in, if you were to prove to me in the scriptures something that our church doesn't teach or I don't believe in, if you could use the word of God to do it and it made logical, spiritual sense with the scriptures, then I would with great humility, I would pray and seek God, talk to the elders in my life, and I would look to apply that truth that I potentially could have missed. That's what I would do. The question is, is that what you would do? Is that what your pastor would do? Would your pastor do that? Is that what you would do? Because that's what I would do. I'm confessing right now, that's what I would do. I would not be insecure if you reached out and said, hey, you know what? You and your church over there at AFC, you don't believe this and this is in the Bible. I would, I would gladly take that and I would pray about it and I would openly try to find a way, if you were correct, I would openly find a way to apply that to my life and to our church because remember, I don't know everything. I don't know everything and I confess it, okay? So the question is, now that I've confessed that, would you do that? If I showed you that, would you do it? If you're a Baptist pastor and you believe that you're supposed to do this to be saved and I showed you a scripture that was contrary to what you believe, would you with the same spirit, would you get up and take that to heart? Would you do the same thing and tell your church? Would you do that? I know some churches are like, we're the real church because we go door knocking on Saturdays or we give away potatoes to poor people. So we're the real church. And I'm like, that's good. It's biblical. We got to care for the poor. A little bit generic there, but yes, we need to do it. Yes, it's biblical to make sure that we're having outreach. That's biblical. If you were to come at me like that and be like, well, hey, Pastor Green, how many people are you reaching out for? And I wasn't doing it. I'd be like, you got me. You're right. I need to work on that. But the question is, would you do that if I said that to you? For instance, if I said to you that in the Bible, it said that they begin to speak in a different language as they were full, filled with the Holy Ghost, as the Spirit gave them the utterance or ability to speak. Would you add on to your evangelism speaking in tongues? Or would you look at me and say, no, that I'm not open to that. Even though it's right there in the scriptures, I don't care. Even though it's right in the Bible, I don't care. Even though all of this is happening in the scripture, I don't believe in it. It's not real. Would you deny the scripture? I wouldn't deny the scripture. The question is, would you? You see, this is how we make sure we're going to the right church. 
You've got to question your pastor. If he's, if he's skipping over things all the time, if he's skipping over stuff, you've got to make sure that you're not held hostage to someone who's compromised. Because you and I both know that pastors are just men and they can mess up. So why are you, why are you acting like when it's convenient for you? Why are you acting like pastors can't make mistakes? Because you might like it. You might, like, might not like, you might like having someone over you that is ignorant or someone over you that doesn't know the scripture because then you don't have to feel any condemnation. So, so I want to make sure that you understand if someone is truly a truth, real church person, they're open to the scripture and they're not closed off. That is so important for you if you're going to find the right church and the right pastor is you're going to make sure that that church is more biblical than traditional or denominational, okay? Everybody loves saying stuff like, I'm not denominational, I'm a non-denominational because you think you're so free. But the truth is your pastor still has to go by the word of God. There's no way to escape it, okay? You have got to be able to question whether your pastor is skipping over things. You've never heard your pastor talk about talking in tongues, yet it's right in the Bible. They dismiss it. They say things like, well, it's no longer for us today. And I'm like, okay, let's go down that road. Let's start, let's start picking scriptures out that, are, that we don't like and say that they're not for us. Okay, so why is tithing still for you if miracles aren't for you and tongues aren't for you? You sure aren't given a revelation on money is not for you. That's a mic drop. I don't even have a mic. If I had one, I would drop it. But it's funny how we all want to talk about what is no longer for us if it doesn't benefit us. Oh, y'all, y'all catching that? That's a time when you should like it right there. You should like it because ain't nobody, any, no pastors ever had a revelation about not giving money. Oh, they still believe in that one. They still believe in that one. But, but Lord help them. If it comes to something that actually costs somebody something, if it actually costs them new members, if it actually costs them having to stay the truth, well, they'll get rid of it and they'll say things like it was cultural. Oh, that's not for us anymore. But yet give your money. That's for us today. But not talking in tongues. That's not for us anymore. Yeah, y'all know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You know I'm speaking truth right now. It doesn't make sense for you to play that game and be like, oh no, it's no longer for today. That, it's so convenient for you as a pastor or for a church to preach that or believe that. It's so convenient for you as a saint of a church to be like, oh no, 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 I don't believe it's for me today. Well, then you just pick and choose what you want and you just be your own God. That is dangerous doctrine. All right, here we go. I gotta, ooh, I gotta go, y'all. I gotta go. I'm so glad you don't have to drive home tonight because I'm just gonna have, I'm gonna take my time. You can leave when you need to leave, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll it out tonight. Are you ready? All right, here we go. It's one church with multiple locations. One church, multiple locations. Notice in the Bible, it's the church at Rome. Notice it's the church at Corinth, at Rome, at Galatia. Uh, it doesn't mean each church operated their own way. It means that the church was broken up throughout the world, the regions, so that it could reach people in those cities. It, don't, don't come at me like, well, it's multiple different types of churches. Every church is doing their own thing. Paul wrote and was very similar in his doctrine. He said to the church at Corinth, as if that means it's not to the church at Galatia. That's not what it means. We know that we're supposed to take the gospel that was founded in Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world. We know that. It's the same gospel to the whole world. It's the same church to the whole world. It's the same apostolic doctrine from city to city. It also doesn't mean one congregation. That would be, that would be, uh, that would be impossible uh, you could not all meet in Jerusalem every Sunday. That, that doesn't make any sense. 
So the bigger the city, the more gatherings, the local leaders in the city, people can't travel all over town. So we've got to spread out and plant churches. It's still one church. It is not the will of God for us to have multiple types of denominations and multiple types of doctrine and beliefs. Of course, every church is a little unique, but it doesn't go against or violate scripture. Every truth church will go, go for the same scriptures. And if it's not biblical, there's a little wiggle room that each congregation might have a little different flavor, gifting, or type. But overall, they will belong to the same belief system, okay? So I just want to make it very clear. Now, these churches had some type of organization and submission of those among them, and they had a hierarchy, a higher order. Remember, in the first church, there were bishops, apostles, prophets, elders, deacons, all these kinds of different titles and positions. And so the church had, had elders and pastors over regions and over locations to take care of the flock and the people of God in that area. All right? That's a little history lesson, a little Bible. I don't have a lot of time for that. Let's move on. Now, when you pick a church, oh, here we go. I'm starting to get nervous because I know I bit off a lot tonight. I know I'm not scared of controversy. I, I think that, that if we have the spirit of God, that we should be able to talk about tough subjects. I believe God will help us do it. And people are hungry. People want to know about this stuff. Trust me. That's why we've got people right now that are watching. So when you pick a church, don't pick a church. Are you ready? Don't pick a church for, number one, Drive distance. A church alive, are you ready? A church alive is worth the, somebody finish it. Drive. A church alive is worth the drive, okay? A church alive is worth the drive. My belief is if you find a good church, do everything you can to get in that church, to get to that church, drive to that church, move by that church if you have to, because that decision to be a part of the right church is the life. That is your family. That is your future. That's everything, okay? So a church alive is worth a drive. If you've got to get across town, then get across town and do it. It doesn't matter how far it is. You need to get there. And if you really love it, you need to move there. Because if God tells you to move there, then do it. Get close. We need to be together. That's the most important decision you'll make is what church you're going to go to, who your pastor is, okay? All right? Very important. Um, so move closer to the church where you're called to be, not like uh, next door to the church. Okay, that's silly. You don't have to do that. But maybe halfway between your job, maybe 20 minutes there, 20 minutes there. Just try to think about that. Jobs come and go. Your church should be a long-term choice. Y'all hearing me tonight? I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now that jobs come and go, but a church is a long-term choice. Money is not enough. You never make enough money to mess up on the church, all right? You've got to have the right church. You've got to be saved. I don't care. You can work and you can work anywhere and make money anywhere. God can open a door anywhere. You've got to hear from God on what church to go to and then pray about the job. Oh, I just felt something in the spirit. What we do is we say, Lord, I'm going to pick the right job and then I'll find the church. You, you have totally, totally gotten, gotten things wrong. You, you say, God, who's my pastor? What church do I belong to? And then get me a job. That's how it works. That's how it works. We just recently had a couple in our church. God bless them. It made me cry. It made me cry. Whenever they told me I was offered a job making twice what I'm making now, but it was far away from our church. 
And I told them, they, they bet, pretty much begged me to go to that job. I could have had a signing bonus to get a house. I could have got a house and I could have had a good money and I turned it down. You know why they turn it down? Because they understand that you can't be bought. They understand that there's no price. They understand that if God wants them to have money, he'll give it to them right here, right at this church. And that we're never going to be sold out or we're never going to give in and be purchased out and bought like that. And we had a couple just recently do that. And I, I give them honor and they knew who they are and they made me cry. It just made me cry knowing that people would put God first and not seek just people are so cheap. They just so cheap. They just, they take a job. They get a little bit of money. That, you can get there and be fired six months later. You've, you've, you've moved your whole life around. So you don't pick a church for, uh, you don't pick a church because the drive. You don't consider the drive. You don't go, well, it's far. It must not be the will of God, okay? Uh, number two, never pick a church for the building, all right? Never pick a church for the building. I, I know some people drive by and they see a big building. And oh, that, that's the kind of church I'm gonna go to. Look at that big old building, that big old building. You guys, we can't be caught up. And we've got a big building. I mean, it's not the biggest building, but our church, you drive by, it, it just looks big. It's just right there. It's kind of kind of looks like one of them, them uh, women, they, they get married with a big poofy uh, wedding dress on the, on, the, on the shoulders. It's like, we got that right there going for us. And you know, it's like, we have a broad church, you know? We, have a, we got one of them strong, just good shoulder churches. That's the way our building looks. And so when you drive by, you look at it, it looks like, like two castles. Everybody's like, wow, big old church. You know, the size of the building or how pretty a building looks and parking lot and all that stuff doesn't mean the church is right. Uh, ultimately, it means that the church had, has money. So once again, are we going to pick a church off of how much money they have? Okay, um, if that's what you want to do. Um, but really the size of the building, how pretty the building looks has a lot to do with how much money, uh, is, is coming into the church, uh, whether they can afford to do that or not. I'm sure everybody would love to do that. Every church would love to have a big church with fancy things, but obviously every church has a different budget. Okay. A rich church can do some things that are really big for God. I'm not knocking churches that are rich. I wish our church was rich. I wish that we could do anything we want. Uh, I, I tell the Lord we would be good. It would be good if we did. I tell God they would love to have that stuff, but it's not, it's not our identity. It's not what we have to have to have revival. Uh, we're about people. We're about reaching people. And if we never have great, nice material things, that's okay. That's fine. But a rich church can do some things big for God. A, a rich church can also get very stuck up too, okay? A rich church can get stuck up too. Do you, I hope y'all are hearing that, okay? A rich church can be a great blessing. I wish every church could handle money and have money, but a rich church can also get stuck up because all that money, they kind of, you know, birds of a feather flock together and sometimes everybody, they got, they got you know, money, they run together, their, their buddies come in and before you know it, sometimes that spirit of I'm rich and don't need God can get a hold of a church and, and before you know it, they're trying to sway the pastor and they're big givers and before you know it, they're texting the pastor, you know, I really, really wish we wouldn't do this at church and, and the pastor's like, oh no, I gotta have this rich guy to make sure we pay the bills and so it's not all what you think it is. Sometimes the big building Sometimes that can mean that there's a bunch of rich folks in there and, and, and you know it's hard for some rich people to be Christian, for some. For some, you do it great, that's awesome, okay? So ultimately, size is relevant. Size is irrelevant. There are great churches that are brand new starting, they're super small and they're powerful and they're amazing. All right, are you ready? Here we go, here we go. Never pick a church because the music is good. And we have awesome music at our church, but please never pick a church because the music is pretty. That can change so fast. That can change so quick. 
You know, it's nice, but it's not necessary to have good, pretty music and vocalists. You're, you're not there to be entertained. Look, Jesus, we're there to sing to Jesus. And of course, yeah, we, we want to encourage you. But, but really, come on, it's about our worship. I've heard great people sing in church, and it was dead. It was absolutely dead. It was dead. I hope y'all are hearing me right now. I've seen the, the, some of the greatest stages and productions and music and people sing, and it's 100% dead. You can't feel the difference. Uh, I've heard people that could barely hit a note to uh, have the anointing of God. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the instrument. It's not the instrument that God uses. It's the person. Uh, David is the one that cast out the evil spirits from Saul. Not the instrument. It's not the vocal cords that make the church great. It's the anointing on the people. God give us anointing in the people. If you're, if you're going to a church that sounds good, but it doesn't have any anointing, that's not a good thing to pick. You need to pick a church that's got anointing, not just sounds good, makes you feel all good and warm inside. You need to learn to worship without training wheels anyway. I, I know we had 80 people watching and now we've got 70. You see, I'm really digging tonight. I, I didn't expect it to be popular, but I'm hoping someone will sneak a watch someday, all right? You, you need to learn to worship without training wheels. You need to learn to go to church because you love him, not because it's going to sound good, not because it's going to, going to make you feel good. You're supposed to be in the church anyway. You're supposed to be a part of the worship. Just because they're three foot higher don't mean that you get to sit back, okay? So never pick a church for the music. All right, moving on. Never pick a church for the online video quality because people these days are like, you know, I'm thinking about going to a church, but uh, I want to check out the online first because if the online is good, well, you know, then I'll go. I'm going to go. But I want to check it online first. I'm like, y'all, you've got to understand how it works these days. I mean, the angles of an online video, um, you know, all, all the, the beauty, all the layers they put on, all the filters over the music make people sound better than they are. All the, you know, they, they take the video camera and put it on someone crying. 50 people in the church are over there on their phone and one person's praying through and they put the video camera on the one person and you're like, that church has the Holy Ghost. That church has the Holy Ghost. See, you, you just got to be careful picking your, picking your church um, off of online. Um, you know, you, you, you gotta be so careful. Uh, money normally will buy that if a church has a lot of money, or maybe they just think that they they need to invest in that. Um, uh, you need to love the preaching and the singing, but you, you, you really, you really need the pastoring in your life. That's what you need. Okay. Um, that's not the same thing. So let me just pause for a second and make it very clear. You can't try out a pastor online. Uh, a pastor is not someone who, who is in the pulpit on the video. A pastor is someone that prays with you at the altar. A pastor is someone who catches you at the end of service. You catch him at the end of service and you say, hey, I got a question, I need prayer. That's a pastor. You can't try out a church listening to a man preach. You, you know, you can't try out a church watching, singing. You need to be in the room. You need to be in the room. You need to be around the person, okay? So don't fall for the trap where you're like, oh, I'm going to this because they have a great following because everyone likes their online videos. They must be a great church. You're, you're gonna be a member of that church. You don't get caught up in the allure of, of the, the beauty of their video production, okay? Don't get your heart set on a place because it's alluring or it satisfies your flesh because of the cool lights and everything. Don't pick it because, excuse me, online video quality. Oh, are y'all tired yet? 73, we're gaining back up to 80. Here we go. Oh, drop to 72. I'm sorry I offended you. Here we go. Never pick a church for social reasons because friends can be made anywhere. Contrary to popular belief, friends can be made anywhere. Um, friends come, friends go. 
Lord help us if we can't make friends in the church we're already in. Friends come and friends go. You don't go to a church because your friends are there. If your church isn't right and your pastor ain't right, you say goodbye to your friends and go make new ones. And if they're truly your friends, they'll be your friends after you leave. So you never choose a church or stay in a church that ain't right because your friends are there. You can go make new friends. In fact, if you're a Christian, you're probably one of the best friend makers in the world. At least you should be, okay? Even a family should never keep you in the wrong church. Never pick a church because your family goes there. Well, my family goes somewhere. Sometimes it's, the, it's hard to be around your family, you know? So you don't pick a church just because your family goes there. Don't get pressured into going to a church because your family goes to a church. You know, they, they may not be going to the right church. They may, be, they may be dying there and they just want you to be their friend. Maybe they're sad. They want you to help be their friend because they're lonely in church, okay? Remember, Jesus did not come to bring people together. The Bible says he came to bring people to himself. So you don't pick friends and family, you pick Jesus. And where Jesus wants you to go is where you go. Here you go, We're almost past this one. One more, never pick a church for a preacher. Man, whoo, let that settle in. Let that settle in. Let that just settle in right now as the numbers go back up to 77. Never pick a church for a preacher. Never pick a church for a preacher. Make sure that the church has a pastor Make sure the church has a pastor because good preaching is easy and good pastoring is hard. Are you seriously gonna, gonna pay tithes for preaching? Are you seriously think that God hired a preacher when you gave your tithing to God? That is, that is two hours a week, okay, y'all? You, whenever you get a church, you gotta make sure you don't just get a preacher because if you just get a preacher, you're only getting two hours a week, okay? If you just get a preacher, you're getting someone who is an orator at best. If you just get a preacher, who's going to help you whenever someone dies? Who's going to help you when you're sick? Who's going to help you when you need counseling? Who's going to bury you, baptize you? Who's going to do all the tough things? Don't pick a church for a preacher. Preachers are a dime a dozen. If you want a preacher, that's because you don't want a pastor. You want your ear scratched. You don't want to be corrected. You don't want to be trained. You don't want to be discipled. You have to be careful when you fall in love with good preaching and not good pastoring. I, I am sensing a great break in the Holy Ghost right now for somebody. Please hear me right now. I felt like a light shine on this moment right here, right now. I didn't even know that I would feel it like this, but we've got an addiction for good preachers and we hate pastors. We don't want a pastor because pastors, it, let me get to it. You ready to get to it? Pick a church because of the pastor. Lord help us. Let me take a, let me take a big breath. We're about to get into something else here, okay? Let me take a deep breath. Pick a church. Now, now I'm switching gears. Pick a church because of the pastor, not because he's a preacher, because he's a good preacher. Pick a good church. A church has a pastor. When you pick a church, you're picking a pastor. A local church is a local congregation, symbolic of a sheep with a shepherd. This is all Bible, y'all. All working and serving the great shepherd, Jesus Christ, okay? A pastor is a watchman for your soul. Hebrews 13 and 17. You can't watch what you can't see. You can't watch what you can't see. A preacher doesn't watch. A preacher just speaks. If you don't want a pastor, it's because you don't want oversight. It's because you don't want someone in your bubble. You don't want someone to know your business. And that's super dangerous because the Bible says he will give us shepherds after his own heart. He will give us shepherds. 
It is God's will for you to have a shepherd, not just to preach to you, but to watch you. Why watch you? Because you go astray, because you make mistakes. You can't watch what you can't see. This is why people like online church, because they don't want a pastor. They want to go to a church of 5,000 people because they don't want a pastor. They don't want anybody knowing their business. They sit in the back, they slip in, slip out. They don't want a pastor because they're so scared. They're so scared that they'll actually have to have their sins be known and get correction and God forbid, go to heaven one day. I know that's tough on you to go to heaven. So you don't want a preacher, you want a pastor. And the difference is proximity, living close by you, seeing you, knowing you, and you seeing him and knowing him. Not only does the pastor need to see you and know you, but you need to see your pastor and know your pastor. You've got to be around your pastor to know your pastor. How can you follow the example you have before you if you only see your pastor online two hours a week? Not even that. People don't even have Wednesday night. People don't even have Wednesday night anymore. Are you kidding me? No more. We're down to one hour a week, one sermon a week. Are you serious now? What is happening in the church? Lord, help us. I'm so, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just shocked that that's happening. It's happening even locally. It just, it blows my mind. I guess do what you want to do. I just, I don't like the trend. I don't like it. You got to be around people to be able to pastor people, okay? Uh, you got to do that. And, and listen, y'all, you're, you're not picking a, a choir. You're not picking a kid's program. You're not picking a youth program. You're picking a pastor, okay? Uh, listen, a choir can't cover you. Hear me right now in the name of Jesus. A choir can't cover you when all hell breaks loose. Hear me right now, a kid's pastor ain't gonna cover you. A kid's program can't cover you. A gym at your church can't cover you. I don't care what you get for free at your church, whether they got good tacos, whether they got good nachos, you can't get covered by the devils attacking you because you got a preacher or because you got a cool building or because you got good music. When all hell's coming against you, you know what you need? You need more than a friend and someone that pats you on the back. You need a pastor. A choir can't cover you. A gym can't cover you. None of that stuff can cover you. You need a spiritual protector. What, what do you think a shepherd does with that rod? You think that rod that the shepherd carries is there to beat you up. No, it's not. Newsflash to all the pastors. That rod is to direct you and to beat the wolves. That's what it's there for. That rod is not there to beat you. That, that rod is there to beat off the enemy, to, to make sure the enemy doesn't come and attack the sheep. You don't want a pastor, then therefore you don't have any covering. You don't have a covering. You need somebody that will fight and can win against hell for you. you know, people are like, well, I got a mental issue, so I'm gonna go to a counselor. You know, more like you probably got a spiritual issue. Let's talk about your spiritual issue first. Don't you ever go to a mental issue until you deal with a spiritual issue. I can almost promise you, if you'll fix the spiritual issue, then you'll probably resolve most of your mental issues. I said most, not all, because some folks need to deal with all of that, okay? It's a package deal. But don't ever start with the mental. Start with the spiritual. And then, then you go ahead and talk about the mental stuff if you've done all the spiritual stuff right. The mind, listen to this, the mind is subject to the spirit. A lot of people these days have a counselor that they pay. They don't have a pastor that they... Do I even go there? These people will go pay a counselor by the hour, but they got pastors they won't give to. And I'm like, Lord, help me. Maybe, maybe I got to do a better job. But I, I feel like in 30 minutes with the Holy Ghost helping me, I feel like I could help you with your spiritual issues. 
I feel like I could help you with your spiritual issues. Maybe the pastor you've got now can't, but I feel like God can speak to us. I feel like God can give us a word. I feel like God can go to the depths of your mind and your spirit. Well, ain't nobody can figure out what's wrong with you. I believe that in 30 minutes with the wisdom of God that you can fix everything that is going on in your mind in the name of Jesus. And of course, beyond that, if you need counseling, if you need help, you need somebody else, we'll get you help. We'll talk to somebody else. I, I believe that there's a way for counselors to be used if they're anointed of God. If they've got the wisdom of God, I'm all about that. There are great counselors out there, but let's don't go first. Let's go first to the Word of God. Let's go first to doing things right with the Word of God. Let's go on a, on a fast for a while. Let's try that before we go and, and talk to somebody and pay them $100 an hour. Let's, let's go on a fast first. Let's do it God's way first, okay? So that's my word for you right now. You need a pastor because you're battling spiritual things. You need a shepherd in your life that knows you, that knows your battle, that knows your weaknesses, that can rise up and fight with you in the name of Jesus, okay? A counselor can help you talk it out and give you some good advice, but a pastor can help you see the unseen, the unseen. That's what a pastor does. A pastor does that. All right, all right. Saints, church members, there are good ones. And some with issues no matter what church you go to, all right? So you don't want to pick, uh, you know, be careful of saints, church members, uh, because there are good ones and some with issues no matter what church you go to. There's going to be good ones. There's going to be some tough ones. We're kind of changing gears now, all right? So you're going to a church and you're like, oh, I like these people. They're good people. That's great. I hope they have good people. They ought to have good people if they have a good pastor leading them the right way. But guess who has the authority over the people in the church? Well, of course, the pastor does. The evangelist doesn't. Uh, the kids program director doesn't. The youth pastor doesn't. The pastor has the authority over the members of the church. A church can have good people when you join, and then a bad pastor, a poor pastor, can let anything go in the church, and within two years, that place can be different. If you choose a church off of whether you have good saints, that can change depending on the pastor. This is why I believe, and God has spoken to me, that pastors are the, the pivot point for which you pick a church. You have to make sure it's a good pastor because the way the pastor goes, the way the church goes. People have, have had good churches in the past that the pastor didn't do it right and the people changed. So if you pick a church based on whether the people in the church are great, that can be fickle. That can change depending on the trajectory of the pastor. On the contrary, a church can have some, some rough members in it. A church can have some rough members. They don't do things right. They make mistakes. And a good pastor, a godly pastor, can lead those rough people who have mistakes into greatness. You understand? So if you come to AFC and you meet some of our people, and you're like, I just don't know, Pastor. Uh, there's some people in here that are kind of rough. Um, I, I need you to get your eyes off of them and realize I'm teaching them how to not be rough. In time, they'll either leave the church or they'll change because I'm leading them that way. We're not going the other way. We're going this way. So if you choose a church off of the, the way it is now, then what if the pastor changes and then it goes a new direction? You've got your family all invested in that church. That's why I say to you yet again, I repeat, when you pick a church, you pick a pastor because everything in that church hinges on the leadership of a pastor, okay? The church goes where the pastor leads. That is exactly right, 100%. Y'all all know that, okay? Now, a church is not just pastored by one man. Can I mention something to you all tonight? 
This is very important. A pastor, if he's married, which most of them are, our churches are pastored by a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. You've got to make sure when you pick a church, now this is gonna be important. You need to hear me right now. Please don't, don't turn off now, okay? You've got to make sure when you pick a church that you have also picked a pastor's wife because there are great pastors who have crazy wives. I know, I know, I know. Oh, I know, let's pause for a minute because you're shocked, I know. But there are women that are married to great men that don't wanna be great women. Now, I can't brag on myself, of course, I wouldn't do that, but I will, I will brag on my wife and say that, that, that my wife is one of the best things AFC has going for them. But that's not the case at every church. Uh, there are churches where pastors' wives literally do nothing. They, you never see them pray for anybody. Uh, they just sit back looking pretty. And uh, they do that little thing where like, mm, Jesus, Jesus, like they're too scared to touch people. And whenever, whenever you are going to a church, don't the women need leadership too? Don't the women need somebody to pray with them? Don't the women need an advisor, uh, spiritual leadership with their own gender? So when you choose a pastor, don't just pick a pastor. You might want to get to know the wife because there are some women out there that are just, they've lost their minds. They're, they, they, they do the craziest stuff. They're their pastor wife. You think they, they would have it figured out, but, but, but they may not. So when you choose a church, listen, this is very important. Make sure you check the pastor's wife to make sure that they are able to be a, a female spiritual example for the women. I'm pretty sure there's more women in church than men. Why are we not looking at the pastor's wives? We vote in a pastor. No, you're voting in a pastor and pastor's wife. So don't just pick a church off of the man. Look at the woman. I mean, there's some great men out there and the pastor's wives are just like, what, what's happening? All right, I've said enough. I hope that you're not in church just because of what we currently are right now. This is nothing compared to where we're going because right here at AFC, let me talk about AFC for a second. We're just getting started. We're just getting started, y'all. We're just getting warmed up. If you choose to leave our church right now, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, and of course I'm biased. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, it's gonna be a regret because of not where we are, but because of where we're headed. When you choose the right pastor, you will always choose the right church. If you... So, so I kind of jumped from one of there. I'll jump real quick from one of the other. But, but if you choose to leave our church right now, we're on trajectory. We're on a pathway. You can feel it. You can see it. We're going forward. We're not where we want to be, but we're going forward. God's given us direction. And so I just want you to know to hang with us, okay? Here's a couple of the things. When you choose the right pastor, you'll always choose the right church because the church is what the pastor leads it to be. But I don't like the people, somebody said. Then why don't you partner with your pastor and let's help all these broken people that you're finding around the church that aren't right. You know, the best thing you can do whenever you're in church and you find out that there's a lot of people in that church that aren't right, if you love your pastor, then why don't you meet with your pastor and say, how can I help you fix these broken people? Because obviously the pastor is overwhelmed trying to help the broken people. It'd be nice if somebody would recognize the difficulty, go to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, can I join with you and partner with you because I feel called to this church, feel called to you, feel called to be here. Maybe since you're called to be with me, maybe we could work together to fix the people you don't like at our church. I'm no, just saying, let's work together, okay? Remember, you that are spiritual, restore such a one with a spirit of meekness. All right, everybody, deep breath. We're going into round two and we're gonna close out. Whew, it's been a long day, y'all. It's been a long day. 
I wore my warm shirt. It kind of gets me in the, in the winter mood and that's why I wore it, but I regret it now. Whew, all right, take a breather. I've been talking really fast. Take a breather. Everybody good? 74? Hey, we're holding on. We're holding on, y'all. Hey, I knew it would be, I knew it would be uh, a tough one tonight, but I, I know there's so many people that don't know about this stuff. We never talk about it. I, we're scared to talk about it, I guess, but I love this kind of stuff, honestly. I'm, I'm getting a little hyperventilating right now just because it's so exciting talking about stuff that no one talks about. I feel like it's, it's so taboo. It makes me, it drives me crazy. So I felt the Lord release me to talk about it. All right, now here we go tonight, phase two of all this. There are types of church seekers, different types, and this, this matters, okay? Um, number one, there's the never tried Jesus type of seekers. Now this is important for context because it matters who you are, what kind of seeker you are, based on how you respond to looking for the right church, all right? So there's people who have never tried Jesus, they're you know, brand new atheists, uh, I, I heard about Jesus but never really go to church. You don't probably pray, you probably don't study the Bible, but your hunger calls to your creator. And I want you to know tonight that Jesus hears you. He will pull you to the right place and don't expect it to make sense completely. If you're someone that's never really gotten in a church and you're thinking about it, it it'll just feel right. It'll just, it, it'll feel right. And, and listen, you can go to a church for a while and it be what you need in that season and it not be enough. So if you're brand new to going to church, look, you might not, you might end up at the right church the first time, but you might learn, you know, how to pray. You might learn that, that you need to believe in Jesus, trust Jesus, but you might not get everything. So I encourage you that don't give up on your journey. Uh, the first church you go to might not be the exact church you need to go to. They may have a version of truth that's good, but you know, it doesn't satisfy you because if you find real truth, you'll be satisfied. You won't, you won't keep looking. You'll, you'll feel like you're complete. Everything will line up. Everything will be right. The word of God will line up. When you study the Bible, it won't contradict your church, right? So if you've never tried Jesus Seeker, don't, don't be scared. Pray about it. Uh, maybe don't eat for a few days. Seek Jesus. Call the name of Jesus. And deep in your gut, God will send you the right person. He'll, he'll, he'll help you somehow to, to find the right website. You'll drive down the road and you'll, you'll feel it deep in your gut. A voice will say, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, this is what you need. Uh, don't do it by emotion. Don't do it by entertainment. Don't do it because it looks easy or beautiful. But, but like bread, to someone who is starving, if you've never tried Jesus and you're seeking, then just want to be fulfilled with hunger and not just with, uh, with like candy, okay? So, so go look. That's one group, okay? The second group of people, are you ready? The second group of people is there must be more seekers. That's the title. There must be more out there. The King James Bible says, he said to them, um, the Bible says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I believe this is Acts 19. And um, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard there was any Holy Ghost. Okay, are y'all catching what's happening here in the book of Acts? They're evangelizing the world. They find these people who were believers, but did not know. They were believers, but they were ignorant. You understand? Acts 19, go look it up. Um, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we believe, but we didn't even know whether there was a Holy Ghost. This is the first time I've ever heard of the Holy Ghost. This is in our Bibles, the same Bible that tells you to go, go kiss a baby. Okay, all that stuff, give to the poor. It's in the Bible that, that people did not even know there was Holy Ghost that could be received. Now watch this. They were believers, but they had not received the Holy Ghost. There are many people that go to church that believe but they haven't received because it's possible for you to be a believer and not have the fullness 
of what God has for your life. When you see us at Austin First Church, or you see Pentecostal, apostolic, would you see us as the people who have the rest of the gospel? It's not that we're just like better than everybody else. It's just that we've got the revelation that you can have the Holy Ghost. I mean, that is not a bad thing. Please don't get mad. Please don't get upset. There are people out there that are going to a Baptist church or a non-denominational church or whatever, and you're sitting there right now and you're going, there must be more. There must be more. I, I read my Bible, it doesn't add up. I, I, I feel like something's not right, it's fake. There must be more. There must be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible says there are people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They believe in Jesus, but they have not found everything that's for them and they know something is missing. They don't have the Holy Ghost because their pastor didn't tell them about the Holy Ghost, even though the Bible does and even though Jesus does. Their, their, their own church didn't tell them. It's possible for people to not tell you and you go to a good church, but not know that it's for you to skip right over the scriptures. It's so possible. There are churches that are sincere, that have sincere seekers, and oftentimes they're even too trusting of their church leaders. They don't question if it's biblical, but when they start to dig and really think about it and pray about it, they say something's missing in their walk with God. They're scared to try something new for fear of betraying their family or their friends or even their pastor. But eventually, they realize that Jesus is telling them to find the real church. Sometimes God will let a Baptist introduce you to believing, and then a Pentecostal will help you find the receiving. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. And if your Baptist church believes everything, Holy Ghost, talking in tongues, all that stuff, if it's a biblical church, then who cares what it's called? But go find a church that preaches the whole thing. There are versions of the real church and many are doing their best. They just refuse to open up to the whole Bible. This is real, y'all. We can't put our head in the sand. There are people that are afraid to break the traditions of their organization, their family, and their friends, and their grandma's beliefs. You've got to know that there's a real and a fake. And if you're out there tonight and you're saying, I go to church, but there's got to be something more. It doesn't add up in the Bible. I don't feel like this is right. Then please don't give up. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm saying there is more. All right, number three, there are people that used to be in church seekers, okay? These are backsliders, people that used to be, and now they're no longer in church. Uh, these people, they have the real thing. They quit. I want to talk to people right now that, that you're in the category of I knew the truth and I quit. You know it's your fault. You know deep inside that you messed up. Hey, we've all messed up. We just all didn't quit church, okay? The difference is, is some of us just dusted ourselves off and kept coming, and it was tough. No shame from us. But there are people who used to be in the church, legitimately used to be in church, and you are wanting to get back in church, okay? Perhaps the church that you were in and the pastor stopped believing parts of the Bible like they used to, and today you're very confused, and that church is very confused. There are many in the Austin area that your pastor used to preach the truth and even told you the truth. There are many in the Austin area, if this gets shared to you and you watch this message tonight, I'm telling you there's a good chance that you were in a church that 20, 30 years ago, your pastor said, this is the word of God, this is the truth. If anybody else preaches anything else, it's a lie. And then 15 years later, they preached something else but didn't call themselves a liar, okay? This is a real thing, y'all, it happens. People get out of truth. Why, why is that so hard to believe? 
There's deception. There's a love for money. Uh, there's a love for compromise and selfish desires, a love to build a, a, a church without God, to make a business out of the kingdom. Y'all, this is real. Y'all know this stuff is real. You just got to confess that maybe you got hurt. Maybe you went to a church that changed. Maybe you went to a church that quit. Maybe you just straight quit church and made a mistake. That's okay. We understand if that's you tonight. We understand that you can get back in the real church. We understand that you probably were tricked or deceived and we won't judge you at Austin First Church. We will love you. Come on back to church. If it's let me plug in my battery. Find another church if you have to. All right, almost done tonight. Thank y'all for hanging with me. You, you, when you dismiss tonight, you won't have to do anything but just sit in the same chair that you're in. And then the lastly, before we close, you don't wanna miss the closing. This is gonna be the best part. Hang in there, y'all. Church transfer seekers, okay? We're getting to the good stuff. I know you lost me, I'm back now. I had to plug in my phone. These people in this last category are people who are in a real church. They preach the truth. Um, but they feel like they need to leave that church and go to another church, okay? Sometimes it's a job transfer that is completely the will of God. And you've got to leave. You've prayed about it. You talked to your pastor and you got to go. Sometimes it's an awkward marital issue where you're divorced from someone in your church and you're worshiping together. And it's just awkward. It's just weird, you know? Seldomly, there is an elderly person that can't make the drive anymore. They get a ride and they have to stay local, you know, because of physical reasons. They got to get the church right down the road, and that's fine. Make sure it's a, a truth preaching church, okay? That's very important. Make sure you have that. Sometimes, though, there are truth preaching churches, even churches in our organization, even the United Pentecostal Church International, where they start to veer away from truth and the biblical beliefs it once held, and it becomes very obvious to you. Sometimes you want to leave your church because your church begins to change what it believes. It is changing the scripture to mean something else. It's literally taking a long-held true doctrine that has been backed up, and it's changing, and sometimes you feel the need to transfer church for that reason, okay? Maybe the leaders are living a different life uh, than they used to. Maybe the pastor starts to preach a different uh, message, allowing, allowing uh, more unbiblical issues to be permitted in the church without dealing with it anymore. I know of pastors that literally changed uh, their beliefs over this past decade right here in Texas, and uh, they changed their beliefs, and it's so sad to watch. I'm talking about they have a license with the United Pentecostal Church International, and they don't even go according to the scripture. That is a real thing, okay? That's a real thing. So that might be someone that needs to transfer because they're going against the word of God. You don't have a choice. Most of the time, though, people feel disconnected from their current church because of a social issue. Somebody was mean. We can't stand to worship with someone that hurt our feelings or got mad at us. We don't want to see them anymore, so we leave, okay? A pastoral issue. Maybe um, the pastor made you mad. Uh, maybe they set you down from leadership or ministry use. Didn't get their way. Uh, maybe somebody didn't get their way or they didn't get their desires. Uh, maybe somebody preached real hard and you wanted to leave. Maybe the pastor was abusive, used pastoral power to control you with fear and not with love. Uh, maybe uh, you weren't used enough in church. Maybe you weren't used enough in church. I'm sorry for those of you who got cut out. We're back on, but you can go back and watch it if you missed something. 
maybe you weren't used enough in your church and it made you upset, okay? I'm not saying that everything I'm saying right now is a reason for you to go. I'm saying the reasons why people will try to transfer out of a real truth church. Here's some common complaints that we've heard. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Wrapping it up. We're in the closing. My pastor didn't listen to my complaints seriously. I felt like my complaints or my voice wasn't heard at my church. Well, let me ask you a few questions. Why should the pastor listen to you? Are you trustworthy? Have you proven your faithfulness? Does he know that you love him and you want to make it work? That's what you've got to ask yourself before you to get bitter and upset and you decide to leave because you're upset at your pastor is why were you not listened to? You know, you don't just come to church. You, you, you are a part of that church. It takes you to become that part of that church. Not just them. It's a two-way street. So you've got to ask yourself, have you given love? Have you bought in? Have you become a member, not just came to church as a, as a, as a person sitting on a pew, but are you truly a part of the family and the team? Because you might be feeling ignored because you haven't made the connection, because you have not connected completely. So make sure you've done all you can, and then if it still happens, then you're off the hook. Uh, common complaints. I'm being held back from ministry. Um, my reply to that would be, maybe you should be held back from ministry. Maybe you shouldn't be held back from ministry. That's a question, right? Maybe you don't need to minister. Maybe the pastor knows best. Before you get mad at your pastor because you're being held back and you wanna go find another church, uh, maybe you gotta find out why you'd be held back and be honest and look in the mirror. Some are held back because of the pastor's insecurities. Never use anybody. It's a one-man show. That's a real thing that happens in churches, right? It's not right because we know it takes a team. So ask your pastor with humility, with humility, and say, tell me the truth, pastor. Why am I not being used like I want to? Well, you say, I did ask my pastor. He just says, well, not right now. He doesn't give me any answers. Okay, what if he's being honest? What if the truth is not right now? What if the truth is now is not your time to be used by your pastor and he literally has given you a word from God? Will you keep doubting that? Okay, so it could be very real that you are saying, I wanna go now and your pastor is saying it's not the time. All right, that is very possible. Maybe he's being honest because he doesn't think you can handle it right now. He's trying to protect you. So if that's the case, then say this to your pastor. I am called here. I want you to know that I love you and I am behind you no matter what. And I want to know so I can grow why I am not being used. If you can tell me other than it's not the timing, please, I'd love to know I am not going anywhere, pastor. I'm behind you. You have to learn to unlock your pastor because many pastors have a hard time being honest with people because they're afraid of the members being offended or being hurt, okay? Uh, so you have to unlock that. Remember, it's a two-way street, y'all. The responsibility is not just on a pastor. You have got to be open and loving and submissive and have humility when you approach and say, please tell me I'm not gonna go anywhere. You can't make me mad, just be honest. And also, listen, be careful of that of that uh, I promise to use you one day trick because there are some pastors out there that will promise to, to use you one day and 10 years later, they've never used you and you've gotta be careful. There's a few times where people have gotten tricked to stay when there were no legs behind the promise or underneath that promise. 
Some guys will say it openly without a plan in mind. Some guys will say, oh, no, no, just hang around a little longer. I'll use you, I'll use you. But, but why? Maybe, maybe the trick is they want to trick you into staying around and they're never going to use you because you're a financial giver. Uh, maybe um, maybe that they want you to hang around because you're a number and they want to keep the numbers up. So don't fall for the trick of if you're out there and someone's telling you all the time, promising you things are not backing up, you've got to be careful because we've seen it happen where pastors can promise their members the world and never back it up, okay? And if it's the truth that God doesn't want to use you in a certain way, that's fine, it's the truth. But you need to know the truth. You deserve the honest truth. So make sure that in Jesus' name, pray about it, that you'll be able to get that truth and not just be led along. And I'm talking over five years. There are people out there that their pastors told them, oh no, one of these days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your license. You're gonna be a preacher. And then 10 years later, he never did it and never said why. You know, don't, don't fall for the, the stuff, y'all. You know, don't, I, I hate seeing people get hurt like that. I've got friends that have been hurt like that. And I hate seeing that, okay? Always make your pastor comfortable telling you the truth. If you're a great asset to the church, always make him feel comfortable and go, Pastor, look, I'm not going anywhere. Because you don't want the pastor to operate in fear, okay? You never want the pastor to operate in fear, so ease his fears. The devil can use that. The devil can use it. Um, here's another one before we go to the last part. I'm leaving my church because my church is dead. Okay, okay. Um, you mean like you're alive and everybody else in your church is dead? Like the pastor's dead or the members are being disobedient? Because the pastor can be alive and on fire and the members of a church be disobedient. Make sure that you're not the dead one and you truly want a church on fire that matches your values. Make sure that you're not the dead one, okay? Because some people say, my church is dead and I'm gonna leave it, when, man, that church might need you to keep it alive, you know? That's not, doesn't mean you should leave because your church is struggling. That is not the way to leave a church. Some say you have to have your pastor's approval to leave. Boy, this should have been a series. I can't stop now, y'all. You're still with me? Are you still with me? Okay. I can't stop now. We're almost done. Oh, man, I knew, I knew tonight was a night. Here we go. Wow, we are, we are breaking records. We're preaching, we're preaching like, like Old Testament style here. We're just going and going and going. No, we're preaching New Testament style. Man, Paul, I think it was it Paul or Peter, one of them preached so long, people fell asleep. That's okay if you wanna fall asleep. You can do that tonight. At least it's to the anointing of the Lord in the background. Just keep the volume up, okay? Here we go. You have to have, some, some people say, you have to have your pastor's approval to leave a church or it would be a sin. Okay, let's talk about that one. Well, are you gonna go there, Pastor Green? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go there. But but wait a minute, nobody's ever talked about that one. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you're gonna show your cards. Yeah, I know. But you have to have your pastor's approval to leave a church or it's a sin, okay? Oh, wake up, Brother Leonard, I see you. Is this true or not? Well, there are many variables here, okay? Technically, ultimately, you have to have God's permission and approval to leave your church. And while that is technically enough, God does speak to pastors about those who are under his care. If they can hear from God, they can hear about whether you should leave or not. Sure, they can. So technically, you have to have God's approval. Yes. First, though, we're assuming the pastor is confirmed to be able to hear from God without bias. Anyone can call themselves a pastor these days and be like, I'm a pastor. Anybody can get a YouTube channel. Anybody can have church in their living room. So just because someone calls them a pastor and has 30 people doesn't mean that they're a, a valid pastor. So 
You know, we talked about that already. How do you know you're going to the real church? So we're assuming right now your pastor has the ability to hear from God. How do you know your pastor hear from God? Because they should have already, you wouldn't go to the church if you didn't believe the pastor couldn't hear from God. Wow, that, that really connected right there. Why are you even going to your church if you don't believe your pastor can hear from God? So if, if that's true, now why are you skipping your pastor when you're ready to leave him? It's like, if you believe that God can speak to your pastor, why are you not going to the pastor that God can speak to about you leaving the church? Doesn't make sense, does it, right? Um, so number one, we're assuming the pastor is confirmed they can hear from God. Number two, are they even still your pastor? Because you can be going to a church and still not have that man as your pastor. Yeah, you can be going to a church attending and that guy's not your pastor, right? So is he even your pastor? Because if he's not your pastor, you'll tell him that you're leaving and not even involve him. You'll, here's how you know, here's how you know that it's not, that it's not, uh, he's not really your pastor. Because you and God talk about decisions that involve your church without involving your pastor in the first place. And then you say, okay, I'm going to go do it the way God says, then that wasn't your pastor anyway. So what are we talking about? When someone comes to me and says that they're going to leave the church and God spoke to them, I have no rebuttal to that. You're not asking my opinion. You're not asking me what I think. So at that place, you're not involving my oversight. You've stepped out of my oversight. You're on your own now. I wish the best for you, you know? I mean, it doesn't mean you're gonna be lost. It just, you're in a tough spot, okay? So if you tell a pastor you're leaving and you don't involve the pastor, he probably wasn't your pastor anyway. That does not offend me, but it does worry me. And I hope it wouldn't offend the other pastor, but it should worry him. If you trust your pastor to be a true man of God, you always bounce major life choices off of them before your new commitment that you're about to make by leaving a church. So when you don't involve the pastor, it's usually because, listen to this, you know that you're wrong. You don't want to be talked out of. You don't want to be talked out of. I'm talking real truth, y'all. Hang in there. I know, I know you guys, you're, but you're in a sofa, y'all. You're, you're in a, you're in a lay, you're in a chair right now. You're eating popcorn. Seriously, y'all can do this, okay? So when you don't involve your pastor, it's usually because you know you're wrong and you don't want to be talked out of it. Y'all still with me? Y'all still love me now? Okay, that's, that's one of the reasons, all right? Number two, you don't believe your pastor would even let you go without a fight, uh, and you don't wanna fight because it's awkward. How many times have people said, you know, you know, people visit our church and we're like, have you talked to your pastor about it first? And uh, this is assuming that they go to a truth church. I would never say that if you went to a false doctrine church, but if you went to a, a church that, that preached the truth, uh, I would say, have you talked to your pastor? And people go, well, I, I, I don't know. They, they're scared. They're scared because they know, obviously, a pastor doesn't want anybody to leave for the most part unless, unless you're you know, a jerk. And obviously, a pastor's happy that you're leaving. But for the most cases, pastors don't want you to leave. So you know it's going to be awkward. And so you, you don't want to go because you don't want to hear a rebuttal. You don't want, to, uh, you don't want him to, to pray about it or give you a word from God. You're scared. You're scared that maybe one of those two things, maybe you're wrong or maybe he's right. Okay, maybe you're worried about it, usually, okay? Most will not scare you to stay, though, because we can't make you stay. We can't make you stay. And if you're pressured to stay, well, you may be more of a liability if you stay. If, if I make somebody stay at our church and they're angry, you're gonna cause more problems being here than leaving. So I honestly would rather you leave if you're not going to get your heart right. So um, 
Yeah, so you, you might be, I make you stay, you might be more of a liability. You wouldn't be healthy for that body. So sometimes it's good to go. All right, never let a pastor threaten you to stay in submission to him. Y'all, I needed you to hang in there for some of y'all needed to hear that, okay? Because there are people these days, we're in the last days, okay? We're in the last days. We're in the last days. There's gonna be some supposed men of God that are gonna do some really nasty stuff, y'all. And I've heard stories of pastors threatening you with like hell. You'll never be saved if you leave or go to that other church across town. I've heard of that stuff. What a nasty thing to do and to say. Never let a pastor use fear to control you. We don't control with fear, okay? The power of the kingdom is through love, through trust. You don't stay because you're scared of me. You stay because you trust me. It blows my mind how you could scare someone to stay in your church. You, the, you're not gonna gain a saint because you scare them. You, they may stay, they may stay, you know, but that's, that's not the answer. Wow. Anybody feeling that tonight? I feel in, I'm feeling the power of God speaking to someone right now. Wow. Don't you let that happen. Don't you let somebody abuse you like that. A pastor can warn you and guide you, but you should never use scare tactics to try to hold on to you. When a pastor doesn't think that you can be saved in another church, he is blinded by pride and insecurities. When a pastor thinks that he's the only reason you'll be saved, it's because he has pride and he is insecure. That was worth waiting an hour and a half over right there. Don't you let him do it to you, okay? Don't you let him do it to you. In a perfect scenario, you want your pastor to agree with you and to send, and to send you with his blessing. This is what you should pray for. This is what you should hope for. This is what you should desire. God, I want my pastor to have my back. I want him to understand and I want him to send me and it be in the best, for best for everybody. That should be your prayer and your desire, okay? And there are times when it is at every church, every great church, it is time for people to make a transfer. We understand that, all right? But please understand this. Most pastors want to keep people, not lose people. They're not in the lose people business. They're in the keep people. Expect a pastor to want you to stay unless you're a troublemaker. And of course, expect them to be like, oh no, see you later. That's what they would say. Yeah, if you're a troublemaker and you're like, pastor, I think it's time I go. And your pastor's like, oh no, sweetheart. Oh no, well, okay. <laughs> like if that's how it goes down, then yeah, you. whenever you end up in the next church, be Super repentant because there's probably some stuff that's that's going down in your life, all right? Oh, wow, we're, we're there. We're right here at the end. Okay, so lastly, if have, I've never preached this long, y'all. I'm not apologizing. You could have quit. Okay, here we go. We're, we're, we're wrapping it around. I keep saying that and I keep having more pages. It's hilarious. Okay, you feel like transferring from a church, from a real church to a real church, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me hurry. Are you ready? Here we go. Are you angry? Are you offended? Are you hurt? then stop it right now. Stop it. Don't take one step. Take it to prayer. Give it some time. Go on a fast. Lord, help us go on a fast. Tell your current pastor and be honest that you are feeling the change. Let him reply. Let him pray. Let him talk to you. Please do not, do not hide that from a real man of God.
Okay, I'm not talking about some man of God you're not close to. I'm talking about a real man of God. If, if a lot of people in the church know he's a man of God, don't play that game like he ain't a man of God. You know whether or not he, he's a man of God. He deserves to be involved in that, so talk to him about it, okay? If God wants you to move, you need to hear it. But if you're hurt and you have unforgiveness in your life, then guess what? How are you gonna hear from God? Y'all, I should have done two parts. I should have done two parts because I need everybody awake for this. How are you gonna hear from God if you're hurt by your man of God? If you're mad at your pastor and your church, how can you, how can you hear from God about leaving your church if you're mad all the time? Do you think the Spirit of God is moving in you and you're bitter and you're upset. You can't hear from God. You can't hear from God about changing a church. That's the worst time to change church. Oh, wow. Lord, help me tonight. Jesus, Jesus. When I preach like this and talk like this, I, could, I just feel the weight of the pressure of, of the spirit I'm up against right now because this is killing the church. This is killing people. I, we're not talking about this stuff. It's killing people. I hope that you share it. I hope this helps. And I'm never wearing this shirt again. Man, it makes me want to sweat. All right, all right, all right. So, so involve your pastor. And if you, if you don't have a clear mind, you can't hear from God all about this noise about how, oh, I'm going to quit church because I feel it. God's speaking to me. You've been so mad. You hadn't prayed in forever. You missed church three weeks. You know, you, God's speaking to you all of a sudden? Look, God don't speak to you if you're not right with the man of God. God's not going to speak to you. He's not going to speak to you. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I'm sorry, somebody else, some other website, some other video, go watch it. I don't believe that. I don't believe you can have bitterness and hurt and all that mess in your heart. That's a filter. That's a, that's a, that's a blanket over the spirit of God talking to you. you you've got to get all that clean and all that right so that you can hear from God the right way. We don't make moves under emotional stress. We don't get our feelings hurt and then quit the church. We don't do it on a, on a whim. We don't do it because something happened because you offer us some money. We wait, to, we pray, we involve our pastor, we go into prayer. If he's a real man of God, he'll let you go anyway. So what are you afraid of? You're not, don't be afraid. Do it the right way, take your time, do it slow in Jesus' name. If you're a real church, I'm talking about if you're not a compromising church, you're not a church that preaches false doctrine, if it's a real church, then you've got to do it that way, okay? Now, we try everything we can first, and we make sure our hearts are right, hearts are clean, and our minds are pure. But after that, here we get to the real stuff. What do you do after everything else and you still feel like you need to go? Okay, I got a question for you, gentlemen, ladies, gentlemen. Gentlemen, ladies, are you ready? I got a question for you. If it's the will of God for you to go and you talk to your pastor and all that, all that stuff's good, you're right, your heart, you're, you're, everything's good, where are you gonna go? You can't leave a church and go nowhere. I just wanna stare at the camera right now. I wanna stare right, right in your eyeballs. Look at my eyeballs. You can't leave a church and go to no church. You need to find a church to go to before you leave your church. Where are you at? Who's covering you? You can't have online church. You don't have an online pastor. Who's covering you, y'all? In the three weeks it takes you to go to a church and find a new pastor, you got nobody supporting you. You got nobody, you got nobody over you. You have no spiritual covering. If you were to die, and the Bible says that pastors give account for your souls, who gives account for your soul in the three weeks you ain't got a pastor? All right. All right, I hope I made that clear. I think I did. I felt like I got close to the camera and I hope that helped. Can you smell my breath? I want you to see, I want you to, I want the screen to fog up. I wanna make sure you hear me right now. You're like, I need to go, but I'm gonna go, go where? Let's pray about where. God help us, we gotta get you in a good church. You don't have to come to my church, but you gotta go to a good church. If I loved you, I would be bothered by the fact that you didn't know where you were going when you left the church. 
All right. So, so if you quit my church, we're going to talk about where you're going to go to church. You, you know, unless you don't love me, you're mad at me, then you won't talk to me anyway, but we're going to work together and we're going to get you in the right church. Yeah. If you're going to job transfer, it's the will of God. We're going to find you a good church or I'm not going to be for it. I ain't going to be happy about that. Woo. Hey, it actually says closing in my notes. It actually says it before I was a little bit evangelistic in my speaking. And I was like, we're coming to a close and I should have looked at what page I was on. Oh man, Woo, man, my wife's gonna have to give me a little neck massage tonight. I think I earned it. I ain't never preached so long in my whole life, never. But I've been sitting down, so it's like, it's like a compromise, okay? I can't have coffee this late. I can't have it. Y'all still with me? This is a miracle, y'all. This is a miracle. I'm gonna pray to God it snows next week so we can do it again. In my real closing, all right? People say, I'm just so scared of picking and submitting to a church and a pastor. But listen to me tonight as we close this devotional, this, this marathon devotional. God will never lead you wrong. Never lead you wrong. It can feel bad and be right. Hear, hear from the Holy Ghost tonight. Hear what God told me to tell you tonight. My neck injury was actually improving at one point over the last few months. And I seemed to even hurt worse, even though my doctor said that I was getting better, technically, I was hurting. And I said, why would I be hurting if I'm getting better? I'm gonna help somebody, are you ready? When you change the way the body has been used for so long to the right way, the resistance can make you think you're doing something wrong. But really, you're hurting because you're doing something right. I hope that helps you right now. You can be going to the right church and it not feel right. You can be at Austin First Church right now. Let me just talk to our members and be like, God, where are you? Because it's where you need to be because it's digging you out. It's correcting you. It's fixing you. It's making you be forced finally to deal with problems that you were running from. It can be right and not feel right. It can be the right place. That's why you can't go off of feelings. You got to go off the will of God. I tell people, you better make sure it's the will of God before you go to a church because if God will send you there, then God will protect you while you're there. If God will call you to it, God will call you through it. If God calls you to a pastor, then you need to spend time connecting to that pastor and that church and forget everything else because God will never call you to a place to destroy you. He will call you there for your good. He can use the bad for good. He can use the bad for good. So don't give up easily. If you're, if you're there and you can't find doctrinal error and you can't find a bunch of issues in your church that go against the word of God, then you need to make sure that you give it time and you find out what's wrong with you. Quit seeing what's wrong with your church because God can take it and he can use it for good. Now, if it's God's will, we'd love to pastor you at Awesome First Church. If you're in a church that you feel like maybe is not teaching everything the right way and you feel like our church would, then I would like for you to know tonight, we'd love to be your pastor. My wife and I would love for you to be a pastor. If you're not a jerk, we would love for you to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, really, but for real, because if you don't want to change, we can't pastor you. It's a two-way street. But if, you, if you're looking for a church, if you're looking for a place that preaches the truth, we're not perfect, okay? We're not perfect. But if you're looking for that and you want a pastor, not just a good preacher, Austin First Church is here for you, okay? We want to help you. Um, so we, won't, we don't want to talk you into it. We want to badmouth your church. There's a lot of great churches out there. We don't have everything going for us perfectly, but we, we are going to do our best. I promise you that. 
What do you get at Austin First Church? You're going to get transparency. You're going to get, get someone down to earth. You're going to get somebody who, who goes way too long on videos when he teaches during ice storms. You're going to get all that kind of stuff, okay? And it's going to be good for you. Um, you know, we're not going to be so, so spiritual that we're no earthly good or which is really impossible. It's just kind of a thing we say. You're, we're not going to be so above you is my point to where you can't relate. You know, um, I believe being spiritual makes you relatable, not, not disconnected. And so what do you get at Austin First Church? You're going to get a pastor, a pastor's wife who cares, and you're going to be in a safe place where you're going to be protected against the last day onslaught of the enemy because we're fighting and we feel it and we know it. And so we want to be that for you if you're in our area and, uh, you know, if you want to make the drive to a church that's alive, then we're going to be here, all right? If you are not near us, we can help you find a church. If this video got to you and you felt a connection spiritually to us, you can reach out to our church, and I, I promise you we'll do our best to help you find the right church, okay? I want you to go to the right church, and I'm, I'm not going to trash other churches. I will tell you what I feel like is a, a good church that will do you good, the best. I mean, not, not like perfect, but the best that you can find maybe in your area, maybe you know, depending on where you live, you may have to move, but I'll do my best to help you. We want you to find the right church. We really do, okay? Most churches that hold uh, a, a license, the, the pastors hold a license with the United Pentecostal Church International are pastoring real churches and they're striving to be a truth church. Um, other key words that you look up on the line are oneness Pentecostals, apostolic churches. You know, they're not perfect and you're gonna find some bad ones and some ones that are off the rocker and crazy. But our goal here with this video tonight, because it was online devotion and because we spread it out, because everyone's going to share it, everyone's watching online, they're on their Facebook, is we wanted to make this shareable to help people who don't know what to do. They're finding themselves in awkward places and they don't know what to do. And we wanted to help. I've got so many people that I know who have personally told me they feel stuck in their church. They don't know how to get out. And I don't even know if they need to get out. Some people may need to stay, but there are people I've talked to, they need to go. I would tell their pastor to their faces that you are not doing it in God's will. You are compromising the word of God and you should never hold these people back. I would do that politely unless they were a jerk. No, I'm just kidding. That's just kind of my thing tonight that I'm saying. I would do it politely. I would love them and I would tell them, but we've got real, we've got a real end time thing happening. The Bible told us to be careful and we've got to be careful. Look, I hope you're quoting the scripture like I am. In the last days, people have itching ears. They just want to be told things they, they agree with, okay? But we, got to, we have to be careful. We've got to be the right church, the real church that Jesus built. And they're not everywhere. They're not. Of course, I believe I'm that church. And, and I can prove it because I can back it up with the word of God. Ask me, test me. I, I will. And if I'm not, I'll repent and I'll get right. That's, that's what makes us the real church. That's who we are. We, we want to be the real church. It's really desire more than is anything else. It's a desire. All right, y'all. Wow, I did it. Wow, let's all stretch. Let's all stretch. I would say let's stand to be dismissed, but I don't want you to see my jogging pants. So there's that problem. But uh, I got people telling me to drink coffee. I got people telling me not to have coffee. I have people offering me beef jerky, which, uh, yes, you can bring some by tomorrow. Uh, you know, that's just, uh, wow, you just never know what happens whenever you, you preach. People offer you, you know, tithes and offering and food like the old days. And uh, you know what? You guys are awesome. I love you. Thanks for hanging in there tonight. Thanks for hanging in there. Y'all are amazing people, amazing church family. I've seen people's names pop up on, uh, uh, you know, on, on people I don't know you, who you are. And uh, I'm sure I'm not trying to trash your church. I didn't, you know, I didn't mention names tonight. I'm sure the majority of churches out there are doing good. I just, I just know I've personally heard of many that are not and uh, several that are not. And we just have to be careful. 
nobody was talking about this stuff. Taboo, here I am. Uh, this is what I do. I talk about stuff. Uh, I try to do it. I, I believe God gives me a, a, the way to do it. I believe God gives me the communication for it, and I don't want to hold back. I want to make sure that I explain these things. Um, so, oh, good, my wife's bringing the kids in, a, in five minutes, which means I have to quit. Wow, that, that was super long. Basically, we didn't have church on site tonight, so I had to do the worship, the announcements, and all of that all in one. So really, we didn't go over church. We just really tested your patience tonight, right? So uh, I do feel better now that I've justified that to myself. We love you guys all. I hope you can share it. Hopefully people will endure it. Uh, if someone's hungry, they'll watch the whole thing. If they're not, they'll just, uh, I don't know what will happen. They'll, they'll go back to someone else's YouTube videos. But in the name of Jesus, uh, be safe. Those of you that are traveling in from Orlando, be safe. Some of y'all got stuck with the weather. We miss you guys. Everybody else that's bringing coffee and beef jerky, uh, uh, we'll see you later. You can bring it over. Those of you that we know online, Facebook uh, friends of ours, thank you for joining. Those of you who go to the church down the road, uh, God bless you. We pray that God will bless your church and it will be okay. And we hope that it works out for you. And uh, yeah, that's what you get for making me preach in jogging pants at my house and uh, super comfy over here. I'm gonna go crank the fire up. Um, a really cool fireplace that's actually fake and uh, kick back and relax with some tea for a little bit because my wife's gonna come down and that's it. Yeah, paleo candy. Awesome, because I'm paleo. Y'all know I'm on paleo, all right? All right, y'all. Hey, I gotta go. I could, I could start doing some stand-up com, some sit-down comedy, but uh, I'm not gonna do that. We love you guys. Y'all keep praying for Brother Chansey, but the Chansey Cook's gonna be having a procedure tomorrow and he needs us to pray for him, okay? So in Jesus' name, be blessed, be safe out there in the weather, and let's be remembering uh, by the chance that God's going to take care of him in a procedure tomorrow. God's going to bless him. We love you guys. We hope that you'll stay a member of our church, unless you're a jerk. God bless you.